Welcome to Inside Muskegon, the podcast featuring Jason Pisecki. Now, Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number 19. I'm Jason Pisecki. The Inside Muskegon podcast is a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders and comments from everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The goal of the podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the issues that affect our everyday lives. This week's show features an interview with Gordon Reinhardt, commentary on the interview, listener feedback, and information on contacting Inside Muskegon. Our interview this week is with Gordon Reinhardt, the Executive Director of the Institute for Healing Racism in Muskegon. I'm here with Gordon Reinhardt, the Executive Director for the Institute for Healing Racism. Thank you for taking the time out with Inside Muskegon today. Oh, thank you for asking me. Why don't we start out uh, talking a little bit about your background? Well, my background is very diverse. I'm a college counselor's nightmare, but I feel good about it. Uh, from the college to the Army to uh, Standard Oil Company to uh, many other I went into the agricultural business for some time, and I've had quite a background. But uh, the most interesting is the one that's going on now. Uh, I ended up through the cooperating churches into uh, evolving into developing the institute here, and uh, it's been a wonderful journey. Well, that is the subject of our podcast, so why don't you share with us what the Institute for Healing Racism is? Well, the Institute for Healing Racism was founded in 1996, and it's designed as a directed dialogue process of mixed groups of people to understand how we got to where we are on that issue and to see if there's ways we can work towards healing the issue. Uh, again, it's, it's a program that is not franchised. It's, it's not copyrighted. It's not owned. But there's 250 entities around the world involved in the process. And uh, from one of the founders, I understand that we've, uh, we're one of the leaders in what's being done. Here in Muskegon, is there a lack of diversity in your opinion? No, but there's separation of it, uh, and that is really the problem. We could use more diversity, but uh, in terms of demographics, uh, uh, we, have, we have reasonable diversity here. But again... Uh, we're also known as the most segregated town around, and uh, and that diversity is separated other than perhaps in, in work. And it's also, even at work, it's going to be separated. Some companies are going to accept and some are not at, at this point. And so it's not a matter of, of quantity. It's a matter of uh, getting to know each other and, and combining the community as one. When you talk about segregation, there's many different types of segregation. There is, you know, segregation by race, by job, by class, and there's also geographic segregation. And that seems to be one thing here in uh, Muskegon. I don't know if we're unique from other communities, but it is very segregated geographically. Is that a focus of the uh, institute? Just getting, is, or is it more understanding? Well, that's that's going to be a hard one to solve. But we're going to draw people out of their separation. Uh, a few at a time. Uh, the history of Muskegon. Uh, Muskegon. I graduated from Muskegon Heights in 1958. Uh, this town has just become separated by housing patterns. Uh, don't want to open 
wounds at this point, but uh, the real estate industry uh, is responsible for part of that. And as long as we stay separate, we're going to allow the uh, misconceived ideas of each other to grow and to perpetuate. Uh, New science is going to be helpful. In 1996, the American Anthropological Association came out with a statement on race that said, oops, we've made mistakes over 100 years, that there is only one race, and it's the human race. That has been followed by DNA work that says there's not one race, quote, racial group in this country and in the world that has any single gene that any of the rest cannot have. Therefore, they say they now have proof that there is one race, the human race. Doesn't solve racism because racism has always been learned behavior. It has not been genetic. But it may allow us to concentrate on unlearning the junk instead of taking away the excuse, look at us, we're so different, why should we bother? And that's been part of the excuse. So it's, it's some interesting things are happening. These are relatively new. Explain with us the programs at the Institute. Well, the program is a 10-step or 10 Peace program. We present it in three formats uh, into a uh, two hours a week for 10 weeks, uh, uh, four hours a week for five weeks, and now we have a leadership institute process that's a two day process. All the same material uh, presented just in different formats. The reason for that uh, is we reach three totally different groups of people. So each one of those formats is limited to people's schedules. Uh, the business person appeal is a he's appealed to through the two day because he can generally set aside two days if he has warning or planning ahead easier than he can chop up ten weeks uh, because he has staff so on and so forth to, to support him and, and allow it to be done. So uh, again, we reach three different groups of people that way. Why is diversity important in Muskegon? Well, let's let's go a little wider wider than that and bring it back. And uh, six years ago, or seven years ago, at Aquinas College, the first racial justice summit in Grand Rapids, a gentleman by the name of Samuel Bisconsis was there. He uh, started out as a, a Puerto Rican street kid in New York and ended up with a Ph.D. from Harvard and. Uh, is a very well-paid consultant uh, to industry. And he sat in a room that was prim- I happened to be in, but it was primarily a room of CEOs. And he just laid it on the table. He says, gentlemen, there's not enough white babies being born to staff the factories and facilities you dream of building in the future. But furthermore... There's not enough white babies being born to buy the goods and services you want to pass through those buildings and facilities. Awful lot of interesting expressions on an awful lot of faces. But if you look at the world picture and look at us, light-skinned middle, middle America, you look at us, we are already a very uh, far-down minority in the world picture, in our country picture, uh, we're still pretty majority 
in the Midwest versus what you see on our coasts. Our world's changing, folks. <laughs> uh, we have a choice. We can we can fight it or we can join it. But the case in point is our markets are changing. Look at our children. Mixed-race children are the one of the highest-growing populations of children in this country. I have three uh, mixed-race grandchildren, and I'm so grateful it came to my house at my current level of understanding because I have not had to deal with the junk. We, it's been a wonderful experience. But our world's changing. I think you hit on one of the key issues right there, and something I wanted to touch on a little, too, is the impact of diversity on business. Uh, why is you know why is diversity important to business, especially? Well, in the oversimplified view of business, uh, and business has to grow, or the economy doesn't grow, or we we stagnate as a country. Uh, we've got to have customers. So our customer base, potential customer base, is changing. Now, it also pays to have diversity within an organization because we're diverse by the windows of life we've looked at from birth to date. And those experiences are different. And once we begin to respect those others' realities for them, our reality is different, and we, we accept and respect that, then we can gain from each other. We can gain new ideas from each other. We can gain relationships from each other. But we've got to, we, we by nature, look through the window that we lived, and we expect everybody else to look through that window. Well, now we need staff members in our businesses that have seen other windows because we have to reach a customer base that lived different windows. It's different realities. And the more we get to learn about each other, the better the relationships come. Personal relationships, business relationships, the better we can communicate, the better we can do business. What can we all do here in Muskegon to help understand diversity and overcome racism right here in our community and everyone uh, everywhere throughout the world. Well, our, of course, our first pitch is uh, come to an institute. Uh, one of the key factors that we expose in the institute, and it's essential to healing the issue, uh, we expose white privilege. That's a privilege you and I were born with. We didn't earn it. We, we've done nothing to deserve it, and we have it. And that becomes a negative to everyone else. Now, we don't effectively know we have it in many cases, and most people don't. I've had people, when this idea is exposed, to break right down in tears and say, I have one woman say, am I in denial? I said, no. We won't know that till tomorrow, because when you woke up today, you didn't know there was anything to deny. Now, you under, now you've heard about this white privilege, and you're going to have to make some personal decisions tomorrow. Uh, and that's, that's how this works. And uh, it's, it's, to me, it's when you become conscious of this, you see things go on around you. They're not right. And you become aware that they're not right. You might help correct them. It's not unusual for a person of color to be bypassed by a clerk in retail 
by inviting a Caucasian person to come forward to be waited on first. She wasn't a malicious person, but somehow, subconsciously, she didn't see the other person. She's got to become conscious of what's what's around her and the reality and value of all of these other folk. Yeah, I think something that uh, you said when I had the opportunity to hear you speak uh, in the Leadership Muskegon program was that we kind of all have this little tape playing in the back of our heads that yeah. we're not we're not conscious of, and yeah. it's it's something that we're really not aware of. It, but there's things going on that we just we just can't avoid that we need to overcome, and, and that's all that taught stuff from birth to date. An example of, and we're taught by the most wonderful people, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and sisters and brothers and preachers and teachers, all good people. But we have this cumulative tape of things that aren't real, of notions that are are not correct. How are we taught? An example I use often is if you're driving through a part of town that you perceive to be unsafe and you have your children or grandchildren with you and you click the door locks never said a word you just click the door locks is it going to be the next trip or the trip after that going through the same environment that the child is listening for the locks to click before you even reach for them you know our children are sponges (laughs) but that's those are that's all part of those teachings. Those uh, little tiny things that add up over over a long time. And then, of course, there's more serious things that are more obvious. But uh, uh, we have to we have to open our minds to accept our new cousins, because new new research now says everybody on this globe is your cousin. All right, now on to our final question. You have one minute alone with a person who has not been through the Institute for Healing Racism. Make your pitch to get them into your program. Well, who needs it? Everybody needs it. Because there's so much in it that you've never thought about. And that's part of the, that's part of the situation we have. I don't have to think about it unless I choose to think about it. Because I can live in my white community, I can drive down my white highway, I can go to my white job, my white shopping center, my white church, and the way our society is set up, I don't really have to think about racism. But people that don't look like me have to think about it every day, to one extreme or the other. I mean, it, it, it can be extreme in some cases. But people of color, when they look in the mirror, have to realize, have to think about racism, how they're going to be treated. We get, somebody says something to us, a person of color says something to us, and we take it personal. It may not be personal at all. They may be just tired of dealing with Whitey today, and you just happen to be the next Whitey that walked along. Uh, when we start understanding those things, then we can start building relationships. So this is a roadmap to how, how to start building relationships, in fact. At the end of the session, we'll fill out a, an individual action plan. It's not a plan for me. It's your plan. What you've learned, what, what you've become conscious of during this dialogue sessions, you 
write down a plan of what you think you can do to be part of the solution. So it's, it's an individual thing. You'll come in at a different, people come in at different levels, they leave at different levels, and we feel they always leave at a higher level. We thought we had to raise consciousness, we had to go all the way into dormancy to drag things up to consciousness to then go further. Uh, We need to go there if we're going to survive in a society that gets along with each other. We need each other. How do people find out more information? They can call us at our office, uh, which uh, is located in the Angel, Old Angel School Building in MTEC. Uh, the number, phone number there is 720-2105. Uh, that's the easiest way to get direct information. Uh, we can send you flyers. We can uh, uh, update you on dates available. Um, and we'll be happy to happy to receive those calls. Our greatest success at this point has been kind of hearsay. Uh, until now, we're getting into the corporates, and now we have some companies that have made corporate commitments to send send staff. Uh, that that helps <laughs> to have somebody else doing that. But in fact, we have some companies here that have made some some real serious commitments uh, to the program. So feel free to call us, and uh, we'll be happy to happy to receive those calls. We'll come out to groups and uh, tell groups about it. Uh, we we do have a we don't have an official speakers bureau, but uh, we can accommodate needs of groups to to hear and learn more, and we can custom programs and workshops to to people that have a need for that as well. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. Obviously, it's important to have diversity in a community, and Muskegon has some work to do in that area. That's why we're fortunate to have an Institute for Healing Racism right here in Muskegon. Now, what I wanted to focus on in the interview with Gordon is the importance of having diversity in the workplace. And it's really crucial as we push forward in developing this new economy in Muskegon that we have diversity, not only in race, but religion, different cultures, and That's the thing that's really going to take Muskegon and kind of propel us into this new economy in the 21st century. And initiatives like the Institute for Healing Racism, the Chamber is very involved with putting some of their people through the Institute. And also businesses in Muskegon are sending, you know, a lot of their people through the Institute. And I think that is an excellent way to start thinking diversely. And, you know, hopefully people will start enacting that in our area because it is crucial to just redeveloping Muskegon into the type of place where the the creme de la creme and the top people want to come work and live. They want to live in a community that they not only feel welcome in, but they can, you know, find all the things that they're interested in along their along their culture, their their different ethnicity. So thank you to Gordon Reinard and the Institute for Healing Racism. Part of making Muskegon prosperous is having true diversity in our community and within business and they are an excellent organization for doing that in our area. One thing that Gordon wanted me to make a good point on is that anything that goes on within the Institute, there is a level of uh, uh, secrecy and confidentiality with anything that is said in there. So there's a high level of trust and people truly do say what's on their mind. And what I think is probably the best thing about the Institute for Healing Racism is that they're just not paying lip service to topics like diversity, to racism, and things that really are issues, not only in Muskegon, but all communities 
throughout the world. And they're doing something about it. They're taking action. Sometimes the questions that they're asking are not always easy ones we have to ask themselves. But they are out there. They're putting programs together that can make a difference. So I would encourage anyone who is interested in truly being, you know, understanding diversity and making Muskegon a more diverse and uh, less segregated place to call up Gordon and enroll in a program at the Institute. I would almost guarantee that you will be happy that you did. I'm going to move on now to some listener feedback. And after a week off, it's good to be back here on the podcast. And many people come up to me over the last week and said they missed the podcast. And and one person actually said that it was part of his Monday routine. And he said that he downloads the podcast and listens to it when he works out on the Y each Monday night. And I thought that was really cool that, you know, this Inside Muskegon podcast is becoming a part of people's lives. It makes me feel really good and that my efforts are appreciated. So I will certainly keep doing it. Now, as most of you know who are regular listeners to the podcast, I don't use this to promote my business at all, but I wanted to make a little bit of an exception this week because the reason that the podcast didn't come out last week was is because something that was going on with my business that's pretty exciting to me, and hopefully some of you will be interested too. As many of you know, I have a business here in Muskegon called ImageQuest Design. Well, last week I merged ImageQuest with two other businesses into Converge. Now, it probably won't surprise many of you that listen to this podcast that with Converge, we have an office in downtown Muskegon. All you know how passionate I am about the redevelopment of downtown. So hopefully having my office there in the Hume building is my little way of helping out with some of the redevelopment. And if you're curious what Converge does, feel free to visit our website at converge.com. That's Converge with a Q. And you can see the services that we offer and listen to our audio podcast and even watch our video podcast. So that's about all I'm going to say about the business. You know, as I've said, I really don't want to use this podcast as a forum to promote my business. I do it because I I like to get out there and talk to people in Muskegon. But anyone who's curious, go out there and check out the Converge website. That brings us to the conclusion of episode number 19 of Inside Muskegon. For more information, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Sear. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at jason at insidemuskegon.com. This has been Inside Muskegon, the podcast featuring Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at InsideMuskegon.com.